0: Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join
1: us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Coming at you today with a very timely episode. Kathy, what are we talking about today?
1: We're talking about hearing back from early decision and early action schools, which will happen in just... A matter of weeks. A matter of
0: weeks. We're recording this episode, just for context, we're recording this episode in early December. And tis the season for many things. We're in the middle of the thickening. (laughs) Girl, you don't have to tell me. And it is a prime time for our seniors are going to hear back from some of the schools to which they applied early pretty soon. So today's episode is all about that process. You know, when are they going to hear back? what kinds of outcomes are possible for them, and what are the next steps depending on the outcome. And of course, as always, what is your role as parents in this process? So where should we begin? How about timeline? When are kids going to hear back? Right in time for the holidays. It's a joy. Merry, Mary. (laughs) So yeah, students will start hearing
1: back in the next week or so. Usually, Right before Christmas, which is great. But some will come out a little bit earlier. I think the earliest will probably be like next week. So December tenth ish, would you mm. say? Like that feels early-ish to me, but it's it early. But possible. But I have already heard like schools have already come out saying that they are going to be releasing early decisions next week. So I think that could be a possibility and all the way through to about like the twenty first ish.
0: Okay. And there are also some schools. To which a student applied early action that may not send decisions until the new year, until January. And this is typically the territory of large schools, like think University of Michigan or big, large, big state schools, private, some private and state schools. We should probably, as a reminder for some of our listeners who either don't have seniors or less familiar with the process, we should probably give a quick little early decision, early action. Breakdown. Indeed. So I'll start with early decision, which is one that gets talked about probably the most. So typically, early decision deadlines fall in November, November 1st, November 15th, and a student is allowed to apply to one school early decision, and if they get in, they must go. And if they get in and they're going because they have to go, then that also means they need to withdraw their applications to any other school to which they've applied. So, early decision, think of it as the most binding of the early admission options. You want to talk about early action?
1: Yeah. So early action, you apply early and the idea is that you find out early. And so early action schools, there's plenty of them, but the early action designation doesn't give you as much oomph as early decision in terms of benefit. It's less oomphy. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't give you that little bit of a bump that you might be looking for in the admissions process. So early action is you apply early, you find out early, but you don't have to go if you get in. So it's a nice option for a lot of our kids who are applying to early action schools that aren't really that selective and are on the likely part of their list. It's a great way to get into college early and feel good about yourself. Love that.
0: Hell yeah. Love (laughs) Love that. We love that. There's also a third, less common, highly annoying option, which is referred to, usually goes by two different names, either restrictive early action or single choice early action. And this is like early action and early decision made a baby, and it was restrictive early action, meaning... It's a horrible baby. It's a a grumpy baby. It's an an annoying baby. baby. Yeah, it's a fussy baby. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And what it means, basically, is that a student can only apply to one school under a restrictive early action policy. And doing so means that they are not allowed to apply to any other school early decision or early action. So as you can see, that really limits the volume of schools that a student could apply to early. And it's annoying. We don't like it because of what Kathy said earlier. We like to use early action schools for a couple of different purposes. One... It's just a great way for a student to get some good news, some wins early in the process. It makes them feel good. It's just like a happy moment. And there's a huge sigh of relief when students get into their first college. They're like, oh, I am going to college. It is real. All this work does pay off. The second reason that we like that feedback from multiple schools early in the process is it lets us know how students are reading. You know, sometimes we think a student is going to read a certain way, and we kind of make predictions about what the outcomes are going to be. I'd say, if I do say so myself, we're pretty good at that. However, we always want to stress test that a little bit, and early action is a way to do that. So we can get a lot of feedback from a lot of schools early on in time Mm -hmm. to make changes to a student's list for regular decision deadlines. So... I think that brings me to what are the kinds of outcomes that a student will hear to the schools to which they applied early? That's right. Let's start
1: with the most exciting outcome, and which I think we all know is, you got in, hooray, yay, confetti, confetti,
0: balloons. Balloons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining the the happy birthday emojis that... Happen when you send someone a text?
1: Exactly, and the little, the little horn, the little noise, no noise blower. <laughs> the,
0: the little the noise blower. The noise
1: blower. What's that thing called? The party blower. <laughs> <laughs> the thing <laughs> we celebrate. Little paper, the little paper thing comes out. Yeah. <laughs> the like New Year's thing. Yeah. What are those things called? Anyways. I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah. That's that's the most exciting mm-hmm. outcome. So for early decision schools, I think Meredith mentioned. That means you are not applying to any other schools because you got into the school in which you will be going to college too. Yep. And it is very important for those of you who are thinking, you know what, let's just find out if we're going to get into these other schools. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's so annoying. It's unethical. We don't like it. It's just, it's shady and it's really about you collecting trophies and stroking your ego. And that is not the point of getting into college. And ultimately it hurts other kids and you don't want to do that. So don't do it. So you are going to withdraw your other applications. If you have applied to other schools, you're going to deposit and meaning put down your deposit, admission deposit for the school in which you have been accepted early decision, and you're going to move on with your life and be excited. And then there is the unhappy outcome.
0: Yes. The students who are... Denied. So you're denied. Pretty self-explanatory. I don't know that I need to define what denied means, but it means you're not going there. And at that point, be prepared, parents, for your child to have experienced many emotions all at once. <laughs> so they're going to be Angry, they're going to be sad, they're going to be mystified, they're befuddled, you know, all of it, all at once. For some, it's, you know, 20 minutes and then they're fine. And for others, it can prolong a couple of days, a while. So when you are denied from a school, there's a couple of things that often come up for us. One, it's really essential that a student has a robust, well-rounded list so that their regular decision applications represent different levels of selectivity and are already done. And what I mean by that, they don't necessarily have to have submitted their regular decision applications, but let's say a kid gets denied on December 22nd from one of the schools that's they're so excited about, and now they're devastated. Okay, well, on December 23rd, two days before Christmas, They are not going to be in the right headspace to write essays. So it's essential that students prepare all of their applications, regardless of deadline, before Christmas. That's right. Super important. Yes,
1: right. You got to do it. So if you've got a kiddo out there lingering who's deciding that they're going to wait until they hear back from the early to do the rest of their applications...
0: It is a bad strategy. Don't do it. Bad news bears. Not good. Mm -hmm. Not good. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that's going to happen when a kid gets denied is they're going to want to enter into a phase of denial of bargaining. Mm. Why? 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 What's the reason? Why did I not get... Can we appeal? So let's talk about whether or not a deny is really final because I've encountered a lot of times working with families where parents can sometimes interpret a denial decision as a strong suggestion rather than a final outcome. So, Kathy, can you appeal an admission
1: decision? You can appeal an admission decision,
0: and buried
1: somewhere on that school's website probably gives you some information about the appeals process. Just out of curiosity, what's the
0: probability of my appeal? Slump to none. Approved. <laughs> Slum to none. So Meredith and I were just talking about this. Literally none. In,
1: the, in our careers, we've seen it happen maybe like for each of us one time. One time. And it's usually because some very compelling information is unearthed or like –
0: there was a mistake. There was a
1: huge mistake that was made, right? Like, uh, you know, we mixed up your SAT scores with somebody else's. We got the wrong transcript in here. And that's pretty rare that that happens. Again, you know, I've seen it maybe once in, in my career. And the compelling information is not, I really, really want to go to your school, <laughs> right? Compelling information is just like information that that the college, that really could have given context to your application that a college wouldn't didn't get in the initial application. I think an example comes to mind from many, many moons ago when we worked at USC, like a student was taking their SAT like in a war zone, like it was something abroad, like well, it there was this, yeah, it was like crazy, some, something really extreme was gnarly. happening. Yeah. They were basically a refugee of war, and that didn't come up in their application. Wow. Yeah. It was like a pretty serious.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that gives you a little indication of the bar. It's a high bar, folks. It's a high bar. And it doesn't, it honestly, in my experience, in particular, because truly in my career I can think of one example, it also just makes a student hang on to a situation that really has almost zero hope. And what's healthier for students is to move forward. The other outcome that's possible, so we talked about admit, we talked about deny, is when a child applies early and they are deferred. And what that basically means is that the admission office isn't ready to give you an up or down decision. And so they kick that application into the regular pool. That applicant will be evaluated in the context of the regular pool instead of evaluated against the early pool like it was before. And deferral, uh, it's a bummer because there are different kinds of deferrals that colleges I don't think are particularly transparent about talking about, but I think most of our students would just, it would just be better. I think if they got an up or down decision, it would just allow us all to like move on and mm, be more strategic. Be closure. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of – they're they're kind of stuck in this limbo space. It often sort of a, produces a lot of self-doubt and what happened and what do I do now? And we'll talk about the next steps for each of these decisions in, in a few minutes. But let's talk a little bit about kinds of deferrals. So I'm probably going to get in some trouble for saying this, but oh, well. <laughs> that doesn't usually stop me. Um, there is a kind of just deferral that is – really about, we just need more information. You know, you are a rising star, you've worked really hard and we just, we know you're taking a, that SAT in January or we've seen, we really want to see kind of your first semester senior, year gr- grades, awesome. So sometimes a student gets deferred simply because the admission office felt like it needed a little bit more data from the student. Typically this is related to their academic performance in some kind of way. And that data is helpful, and then a decision will get rendered. However, there are also there's also such a thing called courtesy deferral. A courtesy deferral is when basically a college thinks it's being polite. Usually, this is given to a student whose family has some connection to the university or college in some significant way. Kathy, do you want to share your example that we were talking about earlier? Because I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, it's was like, uh, you know, if you
1: this a college is has alums oftentimes attend their college fairs. And so if you've got this alum that's been doing this tiny little fair in the middle of nowhere for you for the past 25 years. I believe you said grandma. It was a, yeah, it was a, it grandma. Was a grandma specifically. Maybe it's your grandma,
0: <laughs> like your child's grandma.
1: Your, my my child's grandma? No, I have no but, children and my grandma couldn't do a college fair. But, <laughs> but uh, yes, this is a little grandma somewhere, you know, who's been – Trudging out in the middle of the snow with her banner. Banner in tow. Coming to your school to do a college fair. Coming in hot. (laughs) She's been doing it every year for the past 25 years, and her grandkid applies, and her grandkid is just not going to get it admitted. So instead of just sending a regular denial letter, a school will send a soft denial. And that soft denial oftentimes is a defer, and then a deny. Or if a trustee has written a letter for your child, but that letter is not going to make a difference, mm-hmm. they will defer your child and then deny them. We see this all the time.
0: All it's the a time. soft deny. And yeah. you know, the other thing I think to keep in mind is that colleges and universities are trying to do what is referred to as enrollment management. So what I mean by that is that for large schools, in particular, schools with distinct colleges, you know, school of business, school of engineering. Let's say, for example, last year, I work at a school where we under enrolled in the School of Architecture. Okay, I might be a little more generous with architecture applicants this year because I need to fill those spots. Mm-hmm. I have certain, particularly for private schools, their ability to function relies on tuition. Let's say I over enrolled in the School of Letters, Arts and Sciences the year before. Okay, well, we can't, we have to be really conservative in the early rounds because we can't run the risk of over-enrolling again because we don't have enough seats in lecture halls for all of those students. So here's the thing you need to know about deferral. You'll never know as a child, as an applicant, parents, you'll never know which kind of deferral it is. They Mm -hmm. won't tell you. You're not going to know. You're not going to be able to find out. Please take it from us. So if you find your, if your child is deferred and they or you or the collective is sort of in this perseverating about it, you know, why, why, why? Like, Honestly, it's just not a useful question. But what is useful is to think about, okay, what can we do if we're denied? What can we do if we're admitted? Yay. What can we do if we're deferred?
1: So if you're deferred,
0: there's something really obnoxious called the letter of
1: continued interest, the LOCI. And <laughs> I know, I've know i never referred to it like that. Yeah. It's the low key. Kids call it that now. It's really, it's really, it's kind of obnoxious because it's become a standard practice and it basically does nothing <laughs> but because it's a standard practice everybody feels that they have to do it now and if you don't do it you're implicitly saying that you're actually not as interested so it's so yet another hoop i know yet another hoop to and jump it's true it's just and i think most colleges would agree that it is basically useless <laughs> but kids feel they have to do it Because everybody else is doing it. So if everybody's doing it standard practice, I've got to do it. Well, and to be fair to students, colleges do ask. They do ask. They do ask on a form where they say, is there any individual – and I think actually, I think this form was born out of Mm -hmm. the millions – not millions, the thousands of emails that they were getting after a deferral came out. I mean, probably millions. Well, for an individual school. So like individual person receiving. Yeah, they – Get that sense. I get thousands, and they right. were just like, "Oh, this is too many. <laughs> this is too many." So let's just put it on a form, and then everybody will just fill out the form. And then what kids do is they send an email with an attached PDF with the LLCI, anyways, because that's what they think they need to do. And where I'm sitting, it's like, okay, if it makes you feel better, go ahead and write the letter, right? Like if you feel like if it makes you anxious not to do it, just do it. Yeah. And I think colleges probably generally find that annoying. Uh, yeah, um, but in the LSCI, what we tell students is to give updates. So if you have great updates, if grades have gone up, or if you have a, if you have nothing to say that's particularly compelling, if you've you haven't won any big awards
0: <laughs> in the six weeks <laughs> since you applied. <laughs> since you applied, yeah,
1: you're probably you know talk about a cool thing that you're doing in class or outside of school or something that you something you've accomplished. Just personally, that you feel good about, or you know, if you're in a band, like oh, we had this cool performance here, and that was really fun. You know, it's really you want to keep it short and sweet, ultimately, and just know that colleges, it's probably not going to make a big impact. Right, the point is you've already checked the box saying yes, I'm still interested in your school, and I'd like to continue to be considered. They, you've demonstrated the interest right yeah. there.
0: Yeah. This is probably a good moment yeah. in our episode to pull back the curtain on what is happening in the life of an admission counselor at this time of year. It's, you know, it's a little the third circle of hell. Like, if you're an admission counselor in December, in January, you probably haven't seen the sun in a couple of days your brain hurts. Your brain really hurts, and you are reading your little face off trying to get through all of your territory and all your applications, yeah. and trying to be super thoughtful and diligent in doing that. So I was tell I
1: was tell families like studying for finals for weeks and weeks and weeks because you're just using critical thinking constantly. There's very few, there are very few moments where you're. Just like doing rote things. You're just like really. Oh, no, none of it. It's decide- You're hard. like, wow. It's me- hard.
0: It's hard work. It really is. It's, you know, not an insignificant reason why we left.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's really hard work. And, you know, flooding admission reps at this point with a bunch of n- more paperwork and additional letters of rec. Well, that's don't what do I was going to bring up. Um, yeah, like you don't, don't want do
0: to, you don't want to, this letter, if you send it short and sweet, get to the point, tell the things, doesn't need to be flowery. And, A lot of times, students and families will want to know if they should send extra letters of recommendation, and the answer to that is... Don't do it. No. Negative, Ghostwriter. (laughs) Negative. (laughs) Negative, Ghostwriter. I like that. (laughs) The file is full. Okay. So let's talk about things to do once you get an outcome. So if you're admitted, amazing. Hooray. Definitely celebrate. Be proud of yourself. Be proud of your child. I mean, that is an awesome accomplishment. It is worthy of celebration. And we want to be gracious in our celebration. We don't want to like post a bunch of stuff on social media. And we're going to talk a little bit later about sort of the parent role in all of this. But more pragmatically, practically speaking, if you are accepted to a school to which you apply early decision, then guess what? You got to withdraw all your applications. That is your first step is taking, withdrawing all the applications that you've already submitted to other schools. If you are denied from early action schools, from early decision schools, then your next step is to really take a hard look at the rest of your list and make sure it's pretty bulletproof. Like make sure you've got options that fall in different ranges of selectivity. So if you get denied from a REACH school, And your coping strategy from getting denied to a REACH school is to add five more REACH schools to their (laughs) regular regular decision? (laughs) That strategy. (laughs) That is a terrible idea. Why is that a terrible
1: idea? Because maybe one of those other schools are going to admit me. Just because I didn't get into this one doesn't mean I'm not going to get into any of them. That's not how statistics works. But that's actually what, you know, we're that's making we're making light of it. But, you know, it does happen a lot, unfortunately. And it's
0: just not a good use of time. So mm. so what should students do, Kathy, if they are denied? Instead of adding a whole bunch of more REACH schools, what would be a good thing for them to do? Well, if they are denied, they should pull the trigger on all of
1: those applications they have prepared because they were very conscientious and forward-thinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on top of it? Good time management. Yeah.
1: So they got all of that done, right? So now they're going to upload everything, and now they're going to send the rest of their applications, and they're going to hopefully not apply to more colleges.
0: No. I mean, I think the only time it's important to apply to more colleges when you've been denied from early rounds is if your college is super top-heavy. Your college list is super top-heavy. you're too aggressive. Like, if you have been told by your college counselor at your high school, If multiple people have expressed concern about the top-heavy nature of a student's list, and that concern seems to have been realized with a big fat denial in an early round, that is the time. If you weren't willing to listen in September or October when someone was telling you that for the first time, like, now is the time to listen.
1: Indeed. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't. Apply to the other reaches on your list. But, yeah. you know, adding more reaches is probably not a great idea. If anything, you want to look and consider. If you f- really feel you don't have enough targets and likelies, it's a good time to reconsider that and maybe mm-hmm. add a couple of those. But definitely, I would stay away from the reaches because it usually means more bad news.
0: Deferred, deny, accepted. We talked about all the things. Next steps? We did. Okay. So what? what is the student's role in all of this? What is the parent's role in all of this?
1: Hmm. Well, I, it <laughs> where do, where where to begin? Where to
0: begin? She just short she just short circuited.
1: <laughs> well, I was, you know, singing in my head, chickity check yourself before you riggity wreck yourself. Uh, that's my advice to parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's so hard. I think for parents when these decisions come out. I mean, it's hard enough for kids. mm Hmm. And it's hard to watch your kids suffer. I get it. And it's hard to watch your kids be disappointed and get bad news. And in these moments, I think, and I think even for Meredith and I, you know, when we work with kids, we're oftentimes disappointed and outraged for kids. Like, For sure.
0: Like, no. That is totally facts. Yeah. But this process
1: is just, it's a pretty unpredictable one, unfortunately. That's why there's so much energy placed on it. But that's all to say it's it's quite hard to manage your emotions as a parent. And it's probably what your teen needs the most in, mm-hmm. in this moment when they're feeling unmoored and shaken. They don't need you to get on the ride with them. <laughs> yeah. They don't need you to rock the boat with them, right? They need you to don't get on that roller coaster. Yeah. They need you to be the shore. They need you to be the steady ground in which they can go back to and look to for strength and, and support. And so being that during this time is so hard and it's so important and meeting your kids with empathy and kindness and calm. Oh, and let me emphasize calm. calm. (laughs) I I had one of my seniors call me yesterday, freaking out. Oh my God, Kelly, a early decision came out. And I'm like, hmm. Really? Awfully she, early. It's awfully early. Yeah, it's like December 3rd. And I was like, I don't think that's true. She's like, no, 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 I got an email. I swear to God, I swear to God, I swear to God. She's freaking out. Freak, 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 freak. And I was like, okay, well, why don't we just look and see what it says? Okay, okay, okay. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. I can't find the portal. Oh, my God. Where's my password? <laughs> Didn't used to freak out. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm here. I'll just wait. Should I call you back? Should I – What should I – I'm like, no, I'll just stay on the phone with you. Don't worry. Let's just look it up and see what it says. And she looks it up and she's like, oh, it just says they got my application. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's Uh, good. (laughs) Teenagers. But if I had gotten, like, freaked out with her, like, what? What are you talking about? We thought we were thinking about – because she's thinking about withdrawing her early you can't actually do that. You can change your early decision application to a regular decision application. She's thinking about doing that because she's having some second thoughts, which she can do. So she was like, Oh my God, decisions are out. I can't change my mind anymore. All right. So that's what the freak out was about. But you know, if I had freaked out with her, that wouldn't definitely not have helped the situation. So I was just like, Okay, well let's just see and mm-hmm. take it one step at a time and we'll 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 figure it out. Solution oriented. Yeah, let's we'll figure it out when we get there. One step at a time, girl. And she was fine. She was like, oh, okay, I, I'm fine now. <laughs>
0: That's all it took. And sometimes <laughs> teens, just teen so hard. They do. <laughs> Let's talk about if your child gets accepted. You know, so they get really good news. They're super excited about it. You're super excited about it. Everyone's excited. Fantastic. Okay, here are some things to do to not do. I mean, celebrate. Celebrate in your house. Take them out to a nice dinner. Do whatever makes sense for your family. But what you don't want to do is steal their thunder. And by that, I mean, I cannot tell you how many children, how many like sad little Eeyore faces have come into my office the next day to complain to me that their mom or their dad spilled the beans and told their good news to all kinds of people that either they didn't want to know or they wanted to tell themselves. So ask your child who do you want to know? Who do you want to inform? And how do you want to go about that? Do they want to tell their grandma? Do you want to call up your mom or your dad? It's really important to just let this be their moment. They've worked really, really hard. The other thing is to be, I would say, sort of more muted or modest in, your cel- in any type of celebratory gesture that is public. So that means social media, you know, those videos that I know we can't stand of people like recording kids opening decisions, and then they land on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Like, it's just not a great idea. Go crazy at the at the college bookstore. Buy all the swag you want to buy. Just don't send your kid in head-to-toe swag the next the day. Next day. <laughs> like, don't do that. And here's the reason why is, first of all, we're talking about early... Action, early decision, outcomes. So there's a lot of runway left in the college admission process for most students. So if your kid's done, awesome, but most aren't going to be done this early. The second is like, it's just obnoxious. You know, for every kid that gets accepted into those schools, there's a whole bunch of kids who are getting really bad news when they open up their emails. Mm -hmm. So being gracious, being kind of more Muted in your celebrations at the child's school, not spilling your child's good news. Don't do that. No, this is a moment where parents need to be really disciplined about gossiping with one another because that can be Mm -hmm. a really horrible, damaging game of telephone that we just don't want to. We don't Mm want to start. Okay, so we talked about behavior when parent
1: behavior when kids get accepted. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it when they get denied.
0: Freak out. Yell. Immediately email the admission office and the college counselor.
1: <laughs> overturn, yell at everybody.
0: Overturn some furniture. <laughs> Hulk out. Hulk out.
1: <laughs> Hulk out in your bedrooms by yourself with your with your parenting partner. But you know, Meredith and I have seen bad behavior from parents. It's just uh you know, and your instinct might be to just like go full mama bear and just
0: Ooh.
1: tell everybody, give everybody what for. Like, you did this wrong, and this is your fault, and you and, and emailed the admission office. And I was just telling I'm you I'm so story. activated right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you a story about a parent who did that at the old school I worked at, and it got back to us. The admission rep emailed us the email that was sent to the school. And, ooh, that email was nasty. It was unprofessional, and it was
0: kind of just gross. I had a parent. This is when I was on the high school side misbehaving really, really profoundly and had to get – they. sorry, they were a parent. I was the director, but they weren't – I didn't work with their child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the head of school had to get involved because they were just popping off and it was like not okay and guess what? You you bet that that family was persona non grata in future. They had younger siblings, mm. and we were like, ooh, nope. yeah, 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 not taking that family, not taking any more kids from that family. I mean, that's real. So you need to mind your p's and q's, parents, for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's a it's a moment to model resilience. It's a moment to model humility, humility, and the idea that your child's. I mean, if you are operating under the belief that your child's future and well being is completely dependent on one institution, that is the is a problem. So we want to always, 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 always emphasize the fact that if one school denies you, that's sad, it's disappointing, let's have empathy for that, let's, you know, mm-hmm. make their favorite dinner, like, let's soothe and tend to those, those hurt feelings that they're having, but also help young people rem- remember that they are not where they go to college, that they are so much bigger than that, and that they can be happy at any number of places. That's right. And be your kids' cheerleader. For sure. You know. But but like in the bring it on scenario, a certain kind of cheerleader, not the obnoxious mean girl cheerleader. Bring it on scenario. Got it. I was like the bring it on. I know I was like I could could see the wheels turning. I went a little deep in the cut Mm. for that one.
1: But I said burr. It's cold in here. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. This is a okay. musical interlude. <laughs> Don't get me started. Bring it on. It was one of my favorite movies, and I was a cheerleader. Uh, anyways. Shocking. <laughs> but but <laughs> did we say this already? Being your kids cheerleader, like, you know, focus on the positives. Like, really think about, help your kids, like, look forward right? Like rehashing the past, trying to figure out what's, you know, if they get deferred, like, why did you get deferred? And did somebody else get deferred? Did you hear from so-and-so? And And what did they hear? That is not helpful. And it is a crazy making and it stresses your kid out. It's going to stress you out. And you're never going to have the answers. Yeah. And you can't really know. You can hypothesize and try to guess, but you don't really know. So focus on what you do know, which is your kid is awesome they're going to be fine no matter what college they go to, and that they've got plenty of applications ready to submit and to get decisions back from, and that they're going to have lots of options. We're not worried about it because we, we, we did lots of planning at the beginning of this process and were very thoughtful and worked hard, and it's all going to be okay. Right, Meredith? Right, Kathy. Well, I don't know. Did we cover it all? Did we cover all the things? I think we covered all the things. Yeah. (gasps) We did it. We did it. As per usual. Hooray. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope if you have a senior in the early decision, early action process, and you're freaking out, this episode gives you some good action items, some advice on how to move forward. It's all going to be all right, folks. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Whoop.